Welcome everyone to Poke Rogue, a Pokemon trading card game podcast where we talk about the decks that are not being discussed. My name is Nick, and with me is my co-host, Austin Nods in Acknowledgement. <laughs> Today is March 24th, 2022. Let's get into our 35th episode. You filled up that time, this <laughs> the space in between. It wasn't awkward. Well, you see, Austin made a promise to the Rogue Rat listeners that he would speak in third person for as long as possible this episode. Really? Really. Is that what Austin did? That is what Austin committed to. <laughs> so Austin must ask, how is Nick doing today? Man, today has been a roller coaster of a terrible day uh-huh. into a great day. And besides, my week was great too. You know, you didn't ask about that, but leading up to today. But I'll, I'll tell you about why today was terrible and then great. So I get to work. I get an email from the... Department of Education in Illinois saying to go into my my portal thing because I got some license issued to me, right? So I go in to look at the license and I'm like, okay, I've been waiting for like a month for this, you know, to get a license in Illinois to teach. And I log in. I'm like, okay, it's finally going to be here. I click on it. And I got a license. But once again, it was fucked up, just like the one in Iowa. But this one said I was licensed to teach pre-K through 12th grade ESL, which is English as a second language. Austin wonders how that happened. <laughs> I don't speak another, <laughs> another language fluently. I'm like, what the fuck? And then, like, I actually do have an endorsement on my current license in Tennessee that says I could do stuff with ESL, but, like, and I just have it. I did like some practice shit at some point and, and got it as like a secondary endorsement to do while doing my other subjects. But it was like it ignored my entire main part of my license, which is like I'm endorsed to teach all subjects, grades four through eight. So I'm like, what the hell? I'm like freaking out. And then I like message them, like email the person in charge of the region. And I'm like, this has got to be a mistake. My license says I'm middle grades all subjects, comma, ESL. Did they accidentally interpret this as like all subjects, ESL, middle grades or something? And they're like, oh, well, in in our state to have, you know, a math endorsement, you'd have to have them all specifically specified as separate endorsements on your license. It would have to say like grade four through eight math, grade four through eight ELA, grade four through eight social studies. And I'm like, In the state of Tennessee, you just, if you have all four, they don't write them all separately. They just say you have all subjects, grades four through eight. And they're like, oh, well, I'm going to have to talk to a supervisor or someone and they'll they'll re-look over your stuff and check into how it works in Tennessee. Because I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you're telling me I have to go back and like demand to have them separate or like apply for another you know, credential and pay all over again. And then like two hours later, they send me an email and they're like, hey, we looked over it and yeah, we're going to give you all your endorsements for every subject. So as of like 4 p.m. today, I am now licensed to teach in the state of Illinois. Well, Austin would like to take the opportunity to congratulate on that. And he Thank has you. to ask you, he has to ask you. Yeah. Does this mean you're going to, you're looking for areas in, in, in uh, Illinois now? Yeah, well, that's what I was looking before. I was looking at the border. Yeah, the- Austin Austin acknowledges that you are looking there on the border on the cusp. 
Yeah. You're more towards the Iowa side, but you're looking more heavily to Illinois or still in that area. No, I'm going to stay, stay on that. The, the, the dream is to stay on that I, that side of Iowa and Illinois, the Galena, Illinois area. You know, it's just a really quaint, small town. So I now can apply for jobs. Like I have the ability to do it since I, I have this license approved as of today. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that went from terrible morning to great morning. I was just like the first half of my day teaching. I was just like didn't fucking care about anything because I'm like, well, I guess I'm done fucking teaching. You know, mm-hmm. I can't get anyone to transfer my license. Mm-hmm. And then it was like I was literally like on my planning periods, just fucking looking at jobs on Amazon. And <laughs> it's just like, man, I'm not teaching anymore. This is over. Fucking going to FedEx. I was looking at FedEx. Yeah. I was. I was doing it. I was I looking thought. at Amazon and FedEx. I'm like, whatever. I'm done, done teaching since no one will give me. What is all the student death worth it? Yeah, yeah. it was like, man, I got a fucking master's degree. It doesn't matter. Can't even get them to give me my license in their state. <laughs> but yeah, so then after that, it was like, wow, this is a, this is a good day now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Austin's, Austin's happy for you. <laughs> So how was how was Austin's day or Austin's week maybe or uh, well you see Austin Austin had a busy day but he is he appreciates that you asked for the whole week and he apologizes he didn't ask you about your week and um, well Austin's had a week a week of uh, a busyness and playing some Pokemon online actually and hanging out with the Rograts and doing no structured you know events lately but you know he did has had some success with this week's Rogue Deck of the Week well well this you know Rogue Deck of the Week and we'll get into that later but um. Yeah, Austin's done talking to that person. This is too difficult, man. Yeah, it's I getting annoying. Like, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> where it came about was um, I entered an event with um, Jack and um, Mick Swizzle. No, no knock, no knock. I don't know why I get Mick Swizzle and no knock. Uh, I think they joined the Discord around the same yeah, time. Yeah, same time. And, um, and we were playing with no knock. And there was just three of us. And it was like, well... It's kind of weird because, like, one person's not playing when we're playing each other and, like, not streaming or whatever. So I was like, hey, let's all enter a ticket tournament at the same time. And so... Did it, was, it happen? It did you did. all we, instantly get paired? Yeah, we all we all played. So we know we didn't get paired the first round. Oh, okay. So we all won our first games, which was cool. And then Nolnock and myself went up against each other. And Jack went up against a Jolteon player. Jack was playing... Um, actually, I don't know what Jack was playing. But Nolnock was playing... Um, Got what he was playing too. But they were playing decks, and I was playing this rogue deck of the week. I went up against Nolnock, and there was some shit talk about, you know, he was reading the uh, third and fourth prizes to me. Like, that was all I was going to get. And I was like, nah, I was reading the first place prizes, and, uh, you know, just, just some good bolster going around. And unfortunately, Jack did not meet the Jolteon player. Jolteon moved to the finals, and I managed to clutch the win against Nolnock. He bricked pretty bad, pretty, you know, just, just really. He was playing some kind of Arceus. And I was just able to kind of take away his RCS before it evolved and stuff like that. And uh, Road Deck of the Week took the final. And that's, I know it's just a ticket tournament. <laughs> it's like, but, big man taking that ticket tournament. Woo! I know, but just, to, you know, I just got to say, though, like, for, I haven't done a ticket tournament in a while. Like, just Yeah, yeah, a bunch of, of tickets saved up. Yeah, and so I was like, let's fucking do it. And it was pretty fun. Yeah, and, that's uh, cool to do. I never thought of just doing it with a bunch of people at the same time. That yeah. does sound pretty interesting because you're getting prize support already built into the game. Yep, if you like, if you got the tickets, do it. So, but you know, and it's yeah. like, 
It, it was just a last little, you know, let's, let's do it. And then um, just played some games with some Rogue Rats. And they, you know, it's probably one of the first times that we've like super leaked the Rogue Deck of the Week because they've all seen it because we have a oh. list. But, you know, not everyone's on the Discord. So, but it's nice too because it's like there's some, uh, there's some going to be some, we can just kind of be like, hey, they've seen the deck at perform. So mm-hmm. it gives it that reputation, right? And I think only two of them were able to beat it. So yeah, I mean, yeah. two people giving it clout is better than none. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they could stand behind it. And, uh, but yeah, with that, we'll, um, I guess we'll roll into the rogue deck of the week. Yeah, let's do it. I went rogue, I just had no hope, I really had to let shit go, had to rise, I won't boast till I find my pot of gold. Okay, you already said something about the deck, right? It's an Arceus deck? It is an Arceus deck, and with that being said... How is this rogue? Alright, man. <laughs> so here's the deal, I was watching the Salt Lake Regional, and it was just really cool watching some of the decks come on stream, it was like... You know, Arceus, so that, you know, Onik, you know, makes it pretty meta, but then seeing some of the shit it was paired with, mm-hmm. like I saw it with Raichu, which I, you know, we kind of, sp- I've seen that, like, spitball the mm-hmm. items around, saw it with Sandicon and VMAX, and I'm like, shit, like, I know Arceus can go in anything, but Arceus made so many things viable, right? So here's the, here's the deal, man. Austin is pleased to announce that while he may has not found the best way to play Arceus V-Star... I finally found the best way to play Gardevoir VMAX. That's right, guys. We finally did it. Arceus, <laughs> or not Arceus. Gardevoir VMAX has has peaked. This is the pinnacle of it. It is a viable deck, and we're going to talk about it. Yes, I did have to take a super, super meta card and, you know, archetype to make it work, but damn it. It's here. It's swinging, and we're going to talk about it. <laughs> I'm going to hold back what I know about this deck already. What do you mean? Another podcast talked about RC is going to run before you. No way. <laughs> yeah. Who? Tag team was talking about it. Yes. Oh, Tuesday. Yes. No, Thursday. About other players playing it. But maybe your list is different. We'll go back and we'll see if you came up with something completely unique or if it's the same as other Gardevoir Arceus decks. What the fuck? I don't even want to fucking talk about it anymore. <laughs> but... It sounds playing it. The naivete of you right now sounds like you definitely came up with this genuinely. I'm fucking this pissed. Is, this I'm is fucking... your list. It this is. is your list. You've never looked at another list. I just had to let you know I'm, I'm... that apparently there are lists Did for RCS Guard. Do you see my face right now? Like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> You I just, just <laughs> you fucking read the list. Just give me a second. No, go, go, you read go the ahead, give me man. A second. Go give ahead. Me a second. Give me a second. I'm sure here. your list is very different than everyone else's. I'm sure it is too, somehow. All right, let's just read through the cards here. Right? We got four RCSV. <laughs> um, we're not going to talk about RCSV because everyone and their dog's playing it right now. Apparently, apparently, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> three RCSV star, which has the awesome Starbirth ability that allows us to search for any two cards in our deck. The Trinity of Attack for three colorless energy. You can um, accelerate three basic energy from your deck to your Pokemon in any way you like. Pretty cool, but apparently everyone and their fucking dog is on this train, which they are. But anyway, we're going to talk about the secondary attacker and the star of the show, Gardevoir and Gardevoir VMAX. Gardevoir VMAX for two psychic energy and a colorless does 180 damage, but also allows you to heal 50 damage on it. This is really cool because Gardevoir VMAX has a pretty tanky HP at 320. I'm reciting this by memory because I've been trying to make this fucking card work for years. 
feels <laughs> like. And just everyone's fucking jumping on it right now. But it's cool. It makes it really hard and very difficult, especially when you put the big charm on the Gardevoir VMAX. Mm-hmm. To make it where most things have to two-shot it, and or you know, and some things even have to three-shot it because it's sitting there healing damage. And we're gonna play like we're gonna play one copy of the dubi- canned dubious food or suspicious food. Um, canned dubious food is the Japanese translation. Yeah, which like- allows you to discard one psychic energy from any of your Pokemon in play. And if you do so, if they have damage, you get to heal seventy damage on it. So it's a really great way to. To bring okay. that Gardevoir back out of, you know, two-shot range, make it a three-shot. But moving on to the Pokemon, we've got one Dunsparce from Fusion Strike, which allows your colorless Pokemon not to have a weakness. One Crobat V for just, you know, our kind of utilitarian Pokemon. One Pokemon, or one Pumpkaboo from Evolution or Evolving Skies. And what this allows you to do is you get to put it from your hand onto the bench, and when you do, you get to discard the stadium in play. The reason why this is so important, and I think every single Arceus deck player should utilize this is because when path to the peak is out mm-hmm. it allows you to use your star birth ability you're like oh well what if i just bump it with a stadium well guess what stadiums aren't searchable with quick ball and level ball that's yeah. fucking awesome and ultra ball so there's so all these search cards right that allows you to bump that stadium to do your star birth to allow you to get the fucking ball rolling i'm fucking pissed man all these people this is this is ah! well it's not it's not big and out there yet people are just testing it and just talking about it, it. they're just testing and talking this this may be the first published list of it you think but, so unless i mean there might be one randomly in a limitless tournament or something but this this may be the first big one you know because everyone listens to this podcast You're trying to bring me back down trying to bring me back down but anyway moving on <laughs> we got one lumion v which it's a v pokemon put it onto the bench or when you do this you get to search your deck for a fucking um, supporter card you know just good you know so it allows you to grab it with quick ball ultra ball just a good way to get a supporter and just to have all these means and combos different ways to get the things mm-hmm. you need that's what i really like about it and lastly i have to mention this because this is the boy Zashian V from Celebrations. And this is so good for the reason being is that when, you know, Arceus uh, V-Star so often requires on the double turbo energy to set up. Mm. Well, how do you get rid of double turbo energy? Say I put it down. What can you do to easily get rid of it? Play a fan of waves. Fan of waves and I'm fucked, right? Yep. Zashian V fix that, fixes that for you. Because unless they're playing the fucking crushing hammers and get super lucky on heads, mm-hmm. you're pretty much guaranteeing when you start with the Zashian V, you're always guaranteeing that you get the Trinity Nova the following turn. Yeah. So it's a really good play. I play two copies of it because when I was playing one, I was playing one line of Zashian and one with the fucking um, NDDV allows you to heal 20 Pokemon. Just a psychic thing. And, you know, it was cool, but what the problem was is like Zashian V would be prized. And then you'd be like, you'd just be fucked. You'd be dead in the water, no way to accelerate energy, and your mm-hmm. Arceus is just sitting there like a sitting duck. Or you get to do the RCV attack and accelerate, you know, three damage and not do anything. But no, you know, damage. So mm-hmm. I like this. I think this is the optimal play. If you're going to be playing any kind of psychic-based Arceus, you know, meta, or I guess archetype, you need to have the one copy of, or two copies of Zashian V, just to guarantee that. Because you know you... What the ability says is you get to search your deck for a psychic Pokemon or psychic energy and put it onto one of your Pokemon, maybe psychic Pokemon, um, and end your turn, you know, because if yeah. you go first, you're not attacking. So when you're following up, you're guaranteed the attack. What's also cool is if you do manually attach a psychic energy and it comes around to your second turn, you can manually attach a third psychic energy, not have to do the double turbo energy, not get the 20 damage buff. And with a choice band, you're hitting for 230. Yeah, so there's a lot of it. flexible routes to get there, right? Just yeah. manual attachment, do the ability, manual attachment again, so. or even just, you know, starting with RCSV, 
and if you're going second, you can just pull it off right away, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of lots of things. They just double turbo on that first RCSV and mm-hmm. get your Gardevoir at least set up. Yeah. So yeah, those are the Pokemon cards. Again, I have to emphasize the Pumpkaboo. I don't know if anyone's doing this. This is the fucking way to play Arceus. You have to have one copy of it. And if you're not, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care who it is. But anyway, moving on to the trainer cards. We've got one copy of Escape Rope just to, you know, to kind of be a little dick and, you know, put the... Po- you know, you get just like switch. Escape Rope, dude. I yeah. like Escape Rope. you got to have one copy of it, especially when you've got uh, Starbirth available to you. You can grab any two cards. But moving on, we got one copy of Sharon's Care, which will allow you to pull up the RCS V-Star after, or RCS V after it's taken damage. And it's just a kind of like a, like a Acerola of sorts or like, a, uh, what do we have now? The Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Just a good way to deny them of the prizes. Let it do what it needs to do. You know, maybe some chip damage, maybe knock out a V, they hit into it, and you're like, nope, you're not going to get these prize cards. Allows you to manipulate the prize card a little bit. One suspicious food tin, as we mentioned before, this is a great healing option. And it's really not that bad to do because you're accelerating so much energy with the Arceus V-Star that you can afford to just pitch one psychic energy at any point in the game. Two switch, one right hand, which just good. Honestly, like right hand is good, but at the same time, there's so many energy. You have mm-hmm. access to usually what you need. It almost feels redundant, but there have been critical moments where right hand has brought me back from a shitty situation. We got two copies of Training Corp. Three Professor's Research, four Quick Ball, one Big Charm, one Energy Switch. Energy Switch, I think, is probably... I don't see this around a lot, and it's really important, too, because say you don't get the Arceus, the energy on the Arceus V-Star, like you're setting up, mm-hmm. and your op- basically your options are you have to put this energy on like a utility Pokemon. Yeah. What this allows you to do is get the energy switch back or whatever, or say you have to accelerate, you know, use the Zashian V and the Arceus system to play again. This allows you to actually, you know, bring this back and play. Just a good option, a good utilitary card, and I'd like, oh, I'd like to have the one copy of it. One air balloon. This is probably one I would cut for a second big charm. I never really found myself using it with all my switch options. And usually if something gets brought up, it's, you know, I can afford to pay the manual retreat or I'll just swing with it, you know, if someone tries to stall me. So I'd probably cut the air balloon. But at, again, this the one time I did use it, it won me the game. Yeah. Uh, three copies of Bossus Orders, one Fog Crystal, four Ultra Ball, one Path to the Peak, two Choice Belt, two Marnie, and we're going to close it off with an Ordinary Rod. And for energy, we're going to do two, or sorry, four double turbo energy and seven psychic basic energy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Definitely cool. I mean, I like you're not having to rely on like shady dealings or a lot of other Pokemon that could mess up the prize game you want. Mm -hmm. Ideally, it sounds like if you could actually pull this off with just an RCS and two Gardevoir VMAX and not even give them the opportunity for a six or seven prize game, like forcing it into an eight prize game if things actually work out seems very feasible with this list. If you start with Arceus, you get the energy, and then you get two Gardevoir down, you're just rolling. Yeah. And they're just, they're going to have to knock out everything that's in front of them. If they fail to knock out that Arceus, you're picking it back up, starting again on the rcs now it's almost like they're having to take nine prizes or ten prizes even because it's like let's say they just missed the rcs knockout you pick it back up you give them a gardevoir you put the rcs back down they're basically starting again on everything and if they hit the gardevoir you know and not a lot of things can one shot that gardevoir especially with the big charm on there that's 350 hp yeah you just kind of have to know the scenario and there's so many different decks out there that i can't say oh this is optimal and when you want to play the big charm and when you know the heal but you just kind of have to gauge it and what's going on but with the dubious food and its attack you're healing 120 damage and sorry suspicious food 
Yeah, we're. I mean, we're really not seeing much in terms of metal being played now. So no, no really, pretty much nothing, nothing. You know, because even even Duraludon has opted now for Arceus, and mm-hmm. they've kind of taken out their metal, which was something to keep you know Gardevoir in check. But so curious more about how often is the Dunsparce really being used? Because I'm Gardevoir is your main attacker here, right? I mean, Gardevoir is my main attacker. After you get the setup with your initial Arceus attack. Right. But you can't you can't ignore the fact that I'm playing a 4-3 line of Arceus. Yeah, and yeah. And a lot of games, you know, like, while I am playing a 2-2 line of the Gardevoir, so there is more of an emphasis played on the Arceus. So just to have that in there is reassurance because, you know, it, like, that Arceus is so... What's the, what's the best? It's just very fragile, right? And, you know, with that mm-hmm. fighting weakness, pretty much anything can take it out. So it just gives you a good peace of mind. Um, I've played against Rapid Strike, Single Strike. You see people like with Single Strikes, like even Gengar, they put that one copy of Single Strike Urshifu just for that tech to sit there and one-shot Arceus Vsar. So it's nice just to take that away from them. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is pretty critical, and it really doesn't like getting in the way that much, you know? Yeah. So as I look at some of these Vs that you wouldn't want to start in the active, yep. how often does this happen that you start with either Crobat, Zacian V, uh-huh. Or Lumineon V. You don't mind starting Zacian V because it has an attack for three colorless energy. Mm-hmm. It does 60 damage and 30 more for each psychic on there. It's not the end of the world. What you could do theoretically is you could put the fucking, um, you can manually attach and put an energy on it. Um, or you can manually attach, maybe hit a quick ball or whatever, maybe draw into a quick ball or whatever it is. But so I would say Zacian V, you kind of don't mind, you know, you don't mind to see could it. get it. Yeah. yeah. You really hate to see the Pumpkaboo be put down because I don't play Scoop Up Net. So that's pretty yeah, much Yeah, I'm saying in terms there. of like moving stuff out, there's, there's a lot of Pokemon here as I look at this that you probably, there's more Pokemon that you don't want to be your starter. Yeah. But to pretty answer much your question, there I, is. Have, I have pretty crazy luck. I've played 21 games with it. And yeah. And I've yet to have that happen. I really? usually, usually see Arceus. And with the quick ball and the ultra balls, like yeah. basically like you just, you, you start with Arceus, you don't mind to see Zacian and really like if you're going first, you want to get Z- Arceus Zacian down and yeah. just start, the, just start there. You know, sometimes so you, you would start... actually prefer to have a, a Zacian down than two Gardevoir? I would love to see the Gardevoir, but again, I would rather see the Zacian for its ability just to get the energy on the board. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you have two Gardevoir V. Mm-hmm. What about... Them being prized, two is still fairly low. Just play it Arceus then. At just that go, you because, pivot into your Arce- to an Arceus sus- stack. Because Suspicious Food does work on the Arceus. Yes, yeah. you have significantly less HP, but at the same time, put a hard, slap a hard charm on that bitch and go for it. Mm-hmm. What's really cool too is if you go first, you know, you just do the, the good old Arceus donk. And it's so easy to do. You know, Arceus can usually hit 210 with a psychic double turbo energy and the choice band. You're hitting 210, that's most fees. The problem with this deck, and the biggest problem, is you're really kind of capped at that 210. Because Guardian VMAX hitting for 180 with the choice band on it, or choice belt, sorry, is 210. So 210 is kind of your, your like, yeah, the yeah, peak this of your is damage. a two-shot deck unless you're taking out a regular V. Unless but most regular, regular V, you can. But, I mean, a lot of shit, like, a lot of shit is at that 220. Like, you'd be surprised coming across it. Really? Kind of, like, yeah, like, like um, see uh suicune 220 right suicune's on two, yeah, one, one of the yeah. dogs are entei i think is 230 or something higher yeah entei so you, is yeah. you know i saw an entei you don't you don't hit that yeah um, you can see that being a pain i think just another rcsv you yeah. can launch on rcsv oh yeah yeah so yeah. that's really frustrating because we're seeing a lot of that so the option of that and why you want to see the zashian is just to get those basic energies so you're not taking that 20 damage buff on there and that's mm-hmm. the only way so then you get to see 230 other than that you're not going to see much more damage unless you splash a shit ton of damage 
on the, or energy onto the Zacian V. But then at that mm-hmm. point, it's so vile. It's so it's so weak and just a bad play. You know, you kind of lose. So that's kind of the thing. But you make it to where you can two shot it because you're you're you know all your Pokemon yeah. are going to be hanging around a little. Bit. So what what's the benefit of the choice belts at all then if it can't get the numbers to? Because it still can. It still can. You mean just get to like two ten? Just yeah, to get just you get to two ten. Because when you get that big powerful donk, I mean, it, it's it's like I said, and we have the consistency. It, it allows yeah. you to get what you need to do with it. So okay, but yeah, man. So you pretty much have most of these cards in real life, right? Except for the Arceus. So if you pick up a couple Arceus, you can actually just build this and yeah, yeah, take and I you with you. you got, and honestly, I would last keep, chance to play Gardevoir, man. Real life, but just to play Gardevoir. And this was like I said, this is the not the best way to play Arceus. It's a really great way to play Arceus. Out of 21 games, I've only lost two. This has been in a ticket tournament. It's been against Mew, and only things mm-hmm. that have beat it are actually things that can one-shot the Gardevoir VMAX, and that was the Charizard V-Star. Mm-hmm. Um, knock, you know, managed to do it one time and it ended up taking yeah. the game because he got the prize favor. Actually, it's lost three times. It's lost three times. I'm sorry. Jack did manage to beat it with um, Inteleon Arceus, but he did get to go first. I was just always one turn behind, so that yeah. was... You know, like I had it the following turn, and then Jack beat it with um, Arceus Espeon, mm. which I just had put too many energy on, did not read Espeon, and it hit me for like 460 damage, side unseen. So, like, if you can one shot Gardevoir, <clears throat> you know, they pretty much win the game because, you know, you don't get to do the attack. You don't, it doesn't get to swing twice. So, and that's that's the whole premise of the deck. Let's get the Gardevoir out. Like, how Gardevoir has mm-hmm. always been tried to been played. Keep it out, try to keep it out as long as possible, and do as much damage as it can while it's on the field. But, this is it. I am I'm 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 really proud of this deck. I'm really pissed that's being talked. This is fucking Pokey Rogue. I thought this was a rogue concept. I'm sorry to give it's you guys. It's still a rogue I'm concept. I'm sorry to give you guys something Just, but that's people, already been people talked about. People are catching on to it. So you guys were you know, shared collective conscience, I guess, of the metaphysical universe. But <laughs> you know, you guys were aiming in the same direction. The real question is though, are other people playing the Punkaboo? They need to be. They will, they will be. I <laughs> if there's one lesson we've taken from your list, it's... I guarantee it. You're going to start seeing more pumpkaboos. This is the fucking way to do it. And with that, man, let's just move on. <laughs> okay, dude. Well, it's time for a Rograt Roundup. Okay, everybody, this week we have returning to the podcast, Sore Thumb Collector, who just made his first real-life appearance, right, playing Pokemon? Yep, first time ever playing in real life. And it was at a regional. So at a 700-person regional. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to dip your toes into playing. So we, we're excited to, and to hear about how that experience was and for our listeners to hear as well, especially as they consider, you know, jumping into playing in real life for the first time. So I guess we'll, maybe we can start off. What what deck did you take with you and what kind of work went into deciding what deck you were going to bring? I brought a Gengar list and we did a, a ton of testing. I ended up changing it the night before we left. Um, I did some testing with Austin and I changed it to the Babero list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I only did a 1-1 line, and uh, I should have probably done the 2-2 line that we were playing because I never once got the barrels out Yeah, while I was playing. 
So that was kind of a mistake. Change. I mean, I think that it was more consistent had I just gone with the list that we were playing, but yeah, it, it didn't work out that great. Did you find? I'm curious. So, did you find yourself testing it all, like actually just shuffling through the deck and searching through it, and and having physical cards in your hand rather than just online? Yeah, I did. I I did a bunch of that, just uh, shuffling through it and then trying to uh, count my prize cards and stuff and yeah, seeing what I could do uh, without any practice. I don't have anybody in real life to play against, mm -hmm. so I basically just had to, you know, solitaire it myself. Right. And yeah. that's important too, right? Just finding how, how fast you can find those things in your deck even and kind of keeping track of the time so no one accuses anyone of slow play. I know I did see some highlights from the event and there was a ton of ties supposedly yeah, happening in salt lake which is so interesting because it means that there must have been so many new players kind of going to a regional for the first time playing yeah. decks like mew this heavy meta of mew and then having so many people tying because of this the actions taking too long so honestly that was one of my biggest sources of anxiety and i think one of the reasons i didn't play as well is i was so worried about um having my opponent think that i was slow playing or not mm -hmm. making time that i was really just making actions way too fast and not taking my time and that, yeah that definitely hurt me yeah for sure man so how did you end up doing um by the end of the day i ended up going two and four and then dropping but i actually only won <clears throat> one game because the the one game was the opponent didn't show up okay so now I, when... I only won one game <laughs> but... so when did you reach the point where you decided to drop like, like so, when did you think that was going to happen? You know, like you, cause you had two, four, did it start off looking like, okay, I got two wins and then, you know, a loss and a loss and you're like, okay, I'll still play it out some more. Well, let's, I'll just go through kind of the matches that I had. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. That'd be and, great. In order. And then, uh, and then I'll tell you when I kind of decided to drop out. So, uh, first game. So I brought Gengar thinking I'm going to hit Mew mm -hmm. and the, the first deck I hit is a, um, it's like Arceus with Urshifu, Rapid Strike, and mm. um, the the birds, and just got absolutely annihilated. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's just that deck was built to kill my deck, mm. and so that was a little disheartening to sit down and have the first matchup be like your you know your biggest weakness. Mm -hmm. But I still felt good. I, I wasn't playing bad. Um, I did have some nerves. And then going into the second game was against another Arceus toolbox with the, with all the birds, mm -hmm. and I ended up winning both games, um, just outplaying my opponent. So yeah. by the end of that match, I was feeling really good, like, oh man, I can actually do this, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I will say one thing that happened in the first game too was that I uh, I sat down. I think it was the second turn. My opponent played an Eldegoss V. Mm -hmm. and then started searching his deck instead of his discard pile. Oh. And I had, to, I had to call a judge for the first time in the first game of the first round. <laughs> and that, that I, you know, I felt really bad. I'm like, man, uh, I don't know what to do here, so I'm, I'm going to call the judge. And he's yeah. like, he was totally cool about it. Um, he didn't end up getting a penalty or anything. What? What? He yeah, didn't get so, a penalty for searching his deck with an Eldegast? No, because he didn't pull anything out because I told him... Uh, I told him while he was searching, hey, man, you're not in your discard pile. And he's like, oh, yeah, man, sorry. And I was like, so I called the judge. Yeah. And the, so he had to go talk to the the main judge to find out what the ruling was. And since he didn't pull anything out, it didn't change the game state at all. 
So the judge just shuffled the deck for us, yeah. and then he had to leave the Eldegoss on the bench as his penalty, basically. It was a warning. Wow, because so I mean, that did change get... the game. I mean, did you guys play Marnie or anything like that before that turn? No, he so he had, he had already searched his deck once that turn okay. with uh, Quick Ball, so he had already <clears throat> seen his deck. So okay. the change was the randomization. Yeah, um, and I guess so. I was like, and so he didn't yeah. get this grab something from the, the bench or from the discard, right, with Eldegoss. It was just a dead play. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I guess that, he, that's yeah. I, I guess yeah. Knowing more of the context of like he had already just searched and it wasn't because I was like, oh man, if something else was played, then yeah. like you know, if a Marnie was played and something was on the bottom that should have been there, and now it's not. Yeah, because I mean, I got yeah. a two prize penalty for mistaking up by looking at my deck rather than looking at the top seven, and I only saw the bottom card of my deck, and I had already searched that turn, so I guess just different different yeah uh, well it's good it's good you were you know willing to call a judge too because a lot of times people are afraid mm -hmm. to do that so then how did yeah. uh how did your third match your third pairing go uh so the second the second match um i was feeling really good because um he was playing the zapdos against me and he mm -hmm. should have totally just annihilated me and i just outplayed him and it was i was feeling really good by the end of that one so um the the third pairing is where it kind of felt the downfall of my day so I was paired against Mew. Mm -hmm. And then um, right before they started the match, they said, uh, there's an announcement and we're going to repair people. Uh -huh. So check your check your um, your profile and see if you guys got repaired. And so I got repaired to a different person who, I don't know if you guys know him. His name is uh, Mellow underscore Magikarp. He does the Lake of Rage podcast. No, no. Um, He's a really good player. So I yeah, got yeah. matched against the guy who who said that this was his first in real life mm -hmm. playing Mew, which was what I was there to counter. Yeah. Yeah. And then got matched up with a guy who has like been to many, many regionals. Yeah. And and he was playing uh, the uh, Arceus Inteleon. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And and he he just wasted me the first <laughs> game. Yeah. Um uh, and then the second game I uh I set up really good with some VIP passes. Mm -hmm. I had mm -hmm. my, my entire bench full, and then I had uh, all my VMAXs in my hand, no energies, and then I, I dead drew for five turns, and then I just scooped. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's when I was kind of like, oh, man. I, yeah, that, that sounds rough so far, just because, like, one, you were so close to finally getting your Mew matchup. And then the Mew matchup was taken away from you. And you built a deck to counter Mew. And Mew did show. Mew was oh, a yeah. heavy percent of that tournament. It's like, mathematically, you should have come across some Mew. But you know how it is. It's like, the Mews are probably doing pretty well right at the start, consistently enough, that if you don't win right away, you might not get paired against Mews. If all the Mews are winning their first round and you mm -hmm. lose one, you know, it's getting harder and harder to get matched against Mew at that point. Yeah, I think had I um, won my first match, I would have probably been playing more Mew. I didn't hit Mew once. Yeah, that, that must have been the case then. It's like as, as your record's dropping, you're just not getting a chance to play the deck that your deck was designed to beat. And had you had Mew from the start, you could have continued a winning track record of just beating up Mews. Yeah, that's crazy. So the streams that I, you know, I watched the stream day one, day two actually didn't seem as interesting. But... um it was interesting. I never saw Mew from the time I was watching it. And then the few posts I've seen from like, you know, on Discord, you know, people's Twitter's post, I've seen two now where people like didn't run across Mew, which is crazy because we knew it was there, but I guess it was just really evasive or like <clears throat> what I thought there was a joke that everyone put him like at the kids table or something that was <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a big problem was that the, the ones that were winning were playing other people who were winning and then mm -hmm. the uh 
a lot of people were tying with their Mew decks as they were yeah. taking too long. Yeah. And so they were getting put in a, like, basically the, the tie category. The middle, yeah, in the middle. Yeah. So they were yeah. kind of so, at, like, their own little table. And, and beating each other then, too, right? Because yep. all these Mews yep. are tying and then playing each other, and then some Mews are dropping with losses. Now you have lost tie win Mews. Yeah. That's your best case scenario is, like, a loss win tie Mew. So, so the, the two decks I was worried about coming into this were the Urshifu mm -hmm. and Jolteon, and my next matchup was Jolteon. Oh, so that was, that was number <laughs> four? Which was such a small yeah, amount of four. people playing yeah. Jolteon, yeah. too, so like the chance of getting that one. So that one went three games, uh, which was nice. I, I did win the second game, and uh, that felt pretty good, but uh, they're, once they're knocking off your, your Hound Hours, there's nothing you can really do with that deck. They they just set mm -hmm. up so fast and start killing my entire engine, and there was yeah. nothing I could do. So and then so that was four, and then if I recall correct, five was your no show. Round five, there was the no show. Uh, no, five was a no show. Yep. Okay, so the person so was probably just and... salty and didn't even do a drop slip. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. At that yeah. point, that's pretty shitty. That should be a. And I almost segment. dropped then, uh -huh. and I was like, you know, I can just go play a side event or go home. Yeah. Or whatever. I don't know. Um, but I was like, you know what? I came here to play if I, I i can't make day two at this point but maybe i can play some some more rounds mm -hmm. yeah you know, that just for fun and uh they they no showed so now i'm at um so now i'm at two and three yeah yeah and i'm like you know i could if i win out that's not a bad record mm -hmm. yeah and my round six i went up against the mirror match and just um i dead drew the entire time again so gengar did what gengar does sometimes mm -hmm. for me. <laughs> yeah yeah well you know the that sounds like you know it didn't really work out in your favor in terms of playing but you did you did mention like you really enjoyed the atmosphere and the people so you want to kind of tell us about that like when you you went on friday because you live pretty close to the venue so yeah i live 20 minutes away from the salt palace um every single person that i played or talked to were super cool just mm -hmm. super inviting before the day started there was a group of kids at the at a table and i was just kind of sitting there by myself and this one kid was like hey man you want to come over and play i was like okay so yeah they were really nice and funny story i gotta tell you what happened while we were playing uh playing this game just for fun so uh they're all sitting there playing and the one kid is talking about how much he wants to eat uh to meet andrew mahone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he just happens to be walking by yeah um, and so the his buddy is his buddy is like, man, go talk to him, meet him. You, you came here to meet him. You should meet him. And he's like, oh no, I can't do it. And you can tell he's like, just excited, excited, yeah. excited. Mm -hmm. So his buddy calls him over and it's like, dude, my, my buddy really wants to meet you. Can you sign his play mat or something? Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, sure. So he, he was super nice. And yeah, his friend is like, Hey, will you sign my play mat? And he was pointing at my play mat. <laughs> he thought that I was playing on his play mat. So oh, yeah. Andrew Mahone walks over and he tells him where to sign it. And then he walks off and he's like, wait, are you playing on my mat? And I was like, no, man, this is mine. And he's like, oh shit, I didn't get him to sign mine now. <laughs> so basically I got Andrew Mahone to sign my play mat, even though I, I didn't ask him to. Inadvertently. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, that's a good story <laughs> with funny. it then. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. So but how yeah, I would... say all my opponents yeah. were really, really nice and uh, just welcoming and two of my opponents were actually from utah from mm -hmm. uh, pretty close to here and they were um giving me the lowdown on a bunch of stores that are cool to play at and the mm -hmm. ones that aren't as cool to play at so that was kind of cool cool oh, so yeah, you might cool. have some people locally then that you can you know now yeah. actually play with in real life to 
yeah, to get that experience. Did you feel like as the day went on that it got easier working through your deck at all? Did you feel like you kind of fell into the deck more into the groove as your matches continued? Nope. The the only time I felt good was that second match. Yeah. Um, when I was when I was able to set up and actually play my game. Yeah. All the other ones, it was basically just dead drawing or going yeah. against weakness, and there was just nothing I could do. So. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Did you go back? I, and, to, you know, oh, sorry. I didn't get salty at all. I mean, by by the end of it, I wasn't like I wasn't pissed in any way. I was kind of like, you know, I made a a meta call that my deck had the possibility to do this mm -hmm. and it ended up it ended up dead drawing a bunch yeah that's just kind of how it is and i just got unlucky with matchups mm -hmm. and that's a thing too so i wasn't i wasn't uh mad or anything yeah was, you can't really get mad if time. it just really wasn't in the cards and there was if you didn't have opportunities to make decisions mm -hmm. you know that have even right. micro decisions that, that lead to others and then seeing at the end the final results of this tournament where gengar actually did perform very well Mm -hmm. just, you know, a, just a slightly a, different variant of and it. a different variance well we saw there's multiple gengars that made yeah. it to top eight we have an rcs variant but we also have a houndoom variant yeah yes so we see and multiple was a barrel of a barrel list too I think. yeah i think sure they had a little bit more yeah a little more mm -hmm. copies of it but you know it was the it was there you know it was yeah. definitely it wasn't like it was a bad meta choice or a bad call, you know, for that tournament. Gengar yeah. was definitely a great call because we saw Gengar perform, but I'm sure there was a bunch of Gengar players who just had some bad luck with hands. And yeah, that's kind know, of how it goes. A, yeah, it's a powerful deck, and it can it can be really solid if it's if it's humming. Man, mm -hmm. you can really take people down with it. It's I really like the deck still. Like I'm I, no complaints, man. You know, it was a it was a good deck. All of my testing, so. Yeah. So no yeah, I mean there. like that. And then, you know, next time, you know, like you learned that maybe if you're going to be playing a consistency card, you're going to want to do a two, two of that. And that's just things you learn. I would, but I would say I've done a handful of regionals and I would say probably some of the, the most fun I've had are the ones that I didn't make day two because I call it, I hate to say it, but you know, we've all been there when you get, when you get to the bottom tables, you, you know, uh -huh. you're just around the most humblest of people like Pokemoms and stuff. And <laughs> If you could suck up your pride, you know, <laughs> you know, they're really nice people and it's cool. And, you know, you can have some fun games there. And that's actually where it can turn into a learning opportunity for either them or yourself, you know, and just get some different perspectives on the game. And that's usually where you see some rogue ass shit. Yeah. And uh -huh. you know, not always. But did you go back for day three? Because you went there on Friday or day two, for say, but you went back there. I didn't know. So um, the the you know saturday was just it was a very stressful day for me yeah um it was long i mean spending 10 hours plus in a mask um mm -hmm. just kind of like a high stress situation yeah. i was pretty beat by the end of it i didn't realize i mean i everybody says you're going to be tired and whatnot but yeah. um yeah i went home and basically just pounded a bunch of rum and i wasn't going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> well, it is stressful and you know that's it's pretty cool that you were able to go home every night i will say it does suck going to a hotel room and having them drive yeah. the night before it's it's pretty shitty it makes for a fucking long mm -hmm. long experience but um you did meet someone pretty cool it sounds like you met andrew mahone but you met someone cooler right i did i met a discord member yeah a rogue rat uh matt is his name he's uh fishing for charizard yeah matt skinner right this is yeah. actually yeah and uh super cool dude we we pretty much met up in between each round that we saw each other yeah and just went over like what what happened and uh, i know you guys are interviewing him so i'll let you uh talk to him about what happened on his day but mm -hmm. yeah it was super cool he was super nice and uh 
it was really fun having like a friendly face to talk to in between rounds. Yeah, yeah it's cool, man. You guys kind of had something in common on there, and that you were shit talking my facial hair. Everyone, <laughs> does. <laughs> <laughs> everyone does, so it's okay. But so yeah, thumb's the only one who has the right to shit talk people's facial yeah, hair. Yeah, you've got a nice beard. He has man. the fullest beard. No, I don't know. Especially well, for Charizard, it's got a bigger. Oh, uh, uh, he has a big one, but, but that beard is too. that is Amazing. a dense beard you got. Well, fishing for Charizard is also red, so I mean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You're well, saying I spotted him out of the crowd, so it was funny. <laughs> uh, he didn't recognize me, but it was easy for me to see him in the crowd. Yeah. yeah. And so I walked up and I was like, "Hey, fishing for Charizard," and he was like, "What?" <laughs> and I was like, are, are you fishing for Charizard? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, it's sore thumb. And then he's like, oh, man, what's <laughs> He was acting surprised even though he knew you were going. <laughs> Who like, did he think was randomly saying fishing for Charizard? <laughs> <laughs> but Who yeah, no, me? on that. This is weird. And that is an important part is kind of having a posse when you're playing at these events. You know, when I went to mm-hmm. the last one, like some of the Memphis locals there, just a, a familiar face to kind of hang out with and talk to between events and stuff like that. Because it is a long, stressful day and to kind of unwind and, you know, talk about how you fucked up or are doing well. It's nice just to have some familiar faces and, and to, you know. Yeah. But, so. Well, awesome. Did you get a chance to look at like vendors and stuff there? Did you enjoy that at all? Yeah, I did. So it's funny. Um, on Friday, I went there, um, I didn't have the the bib barrels to put in my list, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just gonna go if they have them somewhere. I am going to find them and then put them into my into my list. So it was kind of, that kind of made my decision for me. And so I went to there were I think there were three maybe four different card vendors, mm-hmm. and um, none of them had any of it really until the last the last uh, table I went to. And I was like, do you have these? I need a 2-2 line. And he's like, I think so. And he searched through this giant pile of brilliant stars and ended up pulling all four cards I needed. The Badoops, right. So it to me for like four bucks. I That's was like, wild that they didn't pull those out already. Like yeah, you should have uh-huh. known going to this region, it was a newer vendor, that this was a card that maybe played in decks. And Well, all the vendors didn't have it. That's what's crazy. Well, maybe yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Maybe they just really weren't taking the time to pull them out. Like, because yeah. they're not, it's not like it's a sold out card on TCG yeah, Player or something. The, the one, the one vendor was basically all of their stock was all like V's and V maxes, and then mm-hmm. they had a huge table full of like retro, like um, graded stuff. Yeah, like I saw those. Yeah, I saw the slabs graded. you posted. That was yeah. insane. I mean, that was like probably twenty to fifty thousand dollars of cards just sitting on that one table. I was like, my Th- god. That's cool, but I almost like I'd argue that's not the place to to sell them. You know, because I know right. they have yeah. like. You have like yeah. trading card conventions and stuff like that. That's the time to take your, your high dollar. Like this, people will just want their cheap dime playable cards. Yeah, you know, I mean, but, there's a lot of collectors though who play. You know, and, like, yeah, and I can imagine I, collectors would show up because that's like it's like Comic Con but for Pokemon cards. You yeah, know, I mean, I, like I could think of it like this. Like I'm not a collector, yeah. but if I saw an artwork of a card that I loved as a kid and it was graded for a decent price, it doesn't have to be a good grade. Yeah. I might consider, you know, buying this. Graded to schoolyard quality, Charizard. you know, yeah, card no, I had as a kid. Like yeah. nothing was good prices. Oh uh, yeah, so. I'm sure the prices it, were it, terrible. It was marked up. Yeah, I mean, like a, a normal V Max, it would normally be like ten bucks, where anywhere from fifteen to twenty bucks. So they were really marking it up. Like if you need this card, you need this card now. Yeah, you know? and that's yeah. the thing too. And that's what I've seen in the past too. There with a lot of the playable cards is unless you know they all have a big stock of them, then sometimes they'll kind of compete with each other to get him out but when there was like a hot card i just remember playing in memphis during the days of rayquaza gx and rayquaza gx on tcg player was like a 20 buck card but at that regional it was like the card to play it was like 30 dollars and there wasn't many out 
in at the vendors. So the few people that had them were like, I'm not going down on this card. Yeah. Yeah. And the best place, really the best thing for vendors is to sell them your bulk because you don't have to pay shipping. Right. Did you, did you sell any bulk to vendors since it was local to you and you could just take it? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't, I, all I brought was basically the necessities I needed to, yeah. Yeah. to play that day. Well, cool, man. I guess the last question we have for you is, are you, would you consider doing another regional? And are you thinking about traveling to any of the reigning ones this year? So I definitely, after this, um, want to play more in real life. Mm-hmm. If, if it came to Salt Lake again, I would definitely go, but I will, I'm not going to travel until I get some more practice. So mm-hmm. what I think I'm going to do is uh, look up some local shops and maybe try and um, get out of my comfort zone again and maybe go and try and do that. So the, uh, for me, this was actually pretty hard for me to do to to book this and go by myself and mm-hmm. and do a big thing um have a bit of the social anxiety and so mm-hmm. it was kind of rough to to do it by myself but i i was like i'm constantly thinking about pokemon cards yeah. and this just seems like a fun time i have to step out of my comfort zone and do it mm-hmm. um, i do want to say thanks to you guys and and all the people on the discord that helped me and pushed me along helped me test and uh you know just give me support and motivation to do it because that really helped. So I just want to say thanks guys. Yeah, dude, of course it was fun playing games with you and, um, you know, just having, I mean, that's what it's there for is to play test and stuff like that. And I'm sorry. We, you know, uh, Jack Molman had a good idea. We're going to try to make it where at least some of us that have the means, we're going to get a webcam or something and we're going to do real life play. I think that'll be fun too. Just going through the motions and playing with some buddies and that, I think that'll be cool too. And that'd be more helpful, but yeah, I definitely want to try that. That sounds fun. I think Salt Lake is one that happens pretty recently or pretty frequently. Yeah, pretty. It's pretty common. Yeah, I'll probably if you you got a nice looking garage there. Can Nick and I come crash? (laughs) Oh yeah. So I think we'll do that. But man, sometimes flights there are actually pretty cheap too. Yeah, it just wasn't. It's just just so random. Like when I was, you know, I passed through the other day when I went to California, and like my whole flight to California was like two fifty. Like I could have got a Salt Lake flight at like a little over two hundred bucks at that time. That would be worth it. Just crazy. You know, sometimes Memphis is weird. Sometimes flights to like. You know, locations that are expensive for other people, or Memphis will have a direct there. Yeah. Salt yeah. Lake is one of them that we get a direct flight. But yeah, man, we really do appreciate, you know, just hanging out on the Discord. So it was, it was no sweat off our backs. And I'm sorry we couldn't help you make a better, better call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could play test a little bit. I don't, more, I don't think it was the call so much as just a little bit of bad luck, and that can happen, you know? Yeah, that's, no what, that's how it goes. So. Well, well, I'm, I'm glad you played out as many games yeah, as fun. you did, too. Yeah, you know? most people, and yeah, and I'm glad you did that, too. Most people will just say, like, They'll lose two and be yeah. like, no, I'm done, you know. <laughs> I've so. been the person that like will play out every game, even if I know I can't. I'll play all nine rounds. And when you hit that like like seven, eight, nine, and you're all just like hopeless and you're just like, you know what? We're just playing. And you find that's where you find great people, kind of like what also was saying. It's like yeah. when you get to that round like seven, eight, nine, and you start people that still have played it out, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. Just because they came that's to play. That's where I was going into round six. I was like I'm just going to keep playing because I'm, I'm having fun and who cares if I win. And then I just got absolutely bodied again. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't need this stress. Yeah. I, will, I will say this, though. Like, this is not the normal season that you would have during regionals where those points could matter. But in a normal situation, coming in the top, say, 300 or 250, depending uh-huh. on the number of people, could actually equate to getting a lot of points. Mm-hmm. So sticking it out sometimes can actually, like during a normal season where you're caring about the points, yeah. like it could matter. I know the one we had in Knoxville, the top, it ended up being at the end, they announced top 256 would get X amount of points. 
and everyone below that got nothing. So Mm -hmm. some of these people that stuck it out and finished with like five, four records and stuff ended up getting a pretty hefty amount of points still. Yeah. I looked at my play Pokemon today and I ended up getting three points. Hell yeah, My first points of uh, playing Pokemon TCG. Sweet. And I I didn't make it in the top. I wasn't listed on the list of uh, numbered people. It it went all the way to like 516. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then below that, it was just randomized people who played. Oh, but I still got some points. That's pretty You still funny. got some points. I think you got more. No, I think if they rolled over, I think we've got the same amount of points on the books. But <laughs> yeah, Nick's got no. Nick's got a shit ton right now. I, I, I had like a yeah. I had a couple high placed. What do you call it? Challenges. And, yeah, you have yeah. some too. Yeah, I don't but, know. We'd but, we'd probably be up to like maybe a hundred or so. But yeah. this besides the point. We we're not going to nationals. Yeah. Or, so <laughs> the, the one thing, uh, other thing I wanted to say was that. Um, I was really surprised how well the organizers and Pokemon ran the event. Uh-huh. That many pe- I mean, there were over a thousand people, and um, probably at least two or three hundred people checked in Friday, mm-hmm. and the COVID check went super fast. Um, on the the first day of play on Saturday, I walked right in without without having to stand in line at all. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And that's what I heard from everybody. They just walked in. And if they hadn't d- done the COVID check-in, they did it, showed their bag, and then walked right in. There was like a five-minute wait for people. Yeah, I will so, say, in my experience, they did too, a hell of a job. Pokemon's like, usually really good. And no matter where you go for a regional, they're yeah. really, really efficient. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, when you get that many judges in one place, it's pretty crazy, you know. And a lot of wealth of knowledge, too. It's always cool, you know, after like after you've dropped or whatever, just to kind of talk to them and mm-hmm. about their experiences and, and things like that, too. But um Sweet, man. Sounds like all in all, it was a good time for you. And I'm glad you got to meet the famous fishing for Charizard. And, oh, yeah. Andrew <laughs> Mahone, too. That's pretty cool. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, guys. Hello? Who is it? It's the meta. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's Wonderful. been a while since we've done a skit. There's more. <laughs> Get guys. <laughs> All right, so what's this segment called? Okay. There's a little special segment here. So this is a segment I um, have for this week called The Meta Call. And I'm just, I wanted to talk some about, you know, what happened in Salt Lake and how we might see that affect what people are playing moving forwards. And what I wanted to do is gather some data from Salt Lake City, since we are back into the competitive scene of regionals, and then gather some data from events on Limitless that were sizable that happened after Salt Lake City. And see so, if there's any correlation or an effect. That right, matters. so we yeah. can start seeing some effects that have taken place and then discuss what type of decks could benefit, rogue decks could benefit based on the way the meta is shifting before we even get another region or another large event. Yeah. So we're going to start here with uh, the most successful decks that we saw at Salt Lake City. And that is, we're going to have a high, well, what we saw first, the meta share wise, we saw a lot of Arceus, a lot of Mew, some Gengar, some Jolteon, some Malamar, some Suicune, some Dark Inteleon, and some Eternatus actually popping up here on the meta share. Yeah. Okay. This, so, so this is kind of like our day two counts, right? Right, right. Yeah. This is some of our day our day two count. But actually, we're looking at the meta share overall of what's being played first. Mm-hmm. And what we see here is roughly 34%, a little over, playing some form of pure Arceus or Arceus build. With a you know main focus being Arceus, yeah. we had we had forty four percent 
playing a Mew deck. Mm -hmm. That's how heavy that uh, emphasis was on Mew. We had Gengar at nearly 7%. Jolteon, who was a major player in the past, dropping down to only 4%. Yeah. So maybe maybe we shouldn't be as afraid of sniping, you know, as we once were. We have Malamar coming in at five point, roughly 5.5% of the meta share playing a Malamar deck, single prizer. Suicune coming like in at 2.7% roughly. And that's kind of like the Suicune Ludicolo, I think. That, that yeah. is what that is, yeah. yeah. Suicune Ludicolo deck. Which we saw going to the finals. Yes, yep. yes. So we're definitely going to see how that impacted mm -hmm. it overall. And we have Dark Inteleon coming in at 1.3%, and Eternatus also at that roughly 1.3%. Mm -hmm. So firstly, I want us to look at this and look at proportionally what decks here actually did perform best, Yep. right? Because we have this heavy meta share from things like Arceus and Mew. But when we look at the points accomplished from all players playing these decks, what really was the best deck? Yeah. And proportionally, decks like Jolteon, Malamar, and Suicune actually performed very, very well when we consider the points they achieved compared to their meta share. Yeah. So, for example, Malamar, only a little over 5.05% or, or so, played it. However, it accomplished 30 overall points in the, the uh, progress of the day. When we compare that to something like Mew, with 43% achieving 171 points, that's quite the difference. Because roughly Mew had roughly eight times the amount of people playing Mew compared yeah. to something like Malamar. And so this is this is our rough like kind of day two number, because these are the most successful decks. So and these This are isn't just day two. These are points for the whole the whole event but yeah, of the most successful decks. Okay, I was gonna because no, there's more. There had to have been more than 32 Mew players show up to regionals. There, 700 people. Like this, I think this is okay. The day two okay, count. maybe yeah, maybe it's just looking at day two then. But still, okay. like the numbers it still goes that these had the you know the viability. But yeah, to make and it when there, we yeah. when we look at these top competing decks here, we're looking at here which ones actually proportionally had the ability to maybe achieve even more. Mm -hmm. Malamar, as I'm saying. Malamar compared to Mew, if Malamar kept this same record proportionally going, we could expect Malamar to have accomplished 240-some points yeah. if it had the same meta share as Mew. And that's just us making a rough proportional ratio of share played compared to points achieved. Mm -hmm. Same thing with decks like uh, Jolteon. Jolteon, only three count on day two, that 4%... Accomplished 31 points. Yep. That's even higher than Malamar. We could expect Jolteon to be crossing 240 points if it had the similar types of numbers as Mew or you know, Arceus. Mm -hmm. Suicune, two people playing at 2.7%, accomplished 26 points. That's these crazy. That's these couple people yeah. playing Suicune fucking dominated. Little less than 3%. But imagine if you multiplied that times 10. Well, times 10, if it, that would be 27.4% Suicune share. If that kept that ratio continued proportionally, that would be 260 points and just, with a 27.4%. And just to put things in comparison, you know, Mew Genesect or, you know, Mew, Mew Fusion Strike, 32 players made it to the top cut. They, you know, they ended up earning 171 points. We divide, you know, 171 by 32. That's, you know, just under, that's like 5.3% rounding down. Yeah. 
that are five point three points. That's really shitty when you you know we're right. talking about Suicune, thirteen points per player. Right, a huge yeah. difference, and that's really what I'm talking about here. Is like, let's not just focus in on what decks One. are being played the most or won. Or, you know, how many points Mew collected throughout the event. Let's focus on the actual proportional performance of these decks. Because if everyone jumped on the Suicune train or the Malamar train, Mm -hmm. would we see a high point accomplishment from those decks as well? Right. And and I'm sorry to interrupt yep. again. We'll do RCS. You know that's at the top of the list. Earned the most points. Performed way better than you at nearly eight point five points. That's pretty decent. Like RCS yeah. is good performing. And we don't know if these Gengar. You know if Gengar was pure Gengar or if they're throwing Gengar RCS in the RCS category. We don't have that much details, but we can. I'm yeah. assuming that the Gengar RCS went into the RCS. Yes, Gengar RCS went into RCS. I believe yeah. that is correct. So. And Gengar Houndoom is its own archetype here. But Gengar Houndoom, man, that's crazy too. Right. Like, yeah, that's over, you know, like that's over 10 points per play. So as well. other things we want to consider here as we look at some of these decks that are doing very well. Let's think about counters. We have decks like Arceus, Gengar, and Jolteon all performing well mm-hmm. and sharing the same common weakness. Fighting, all, baby. all these are fighting weakness decks. Yeah. We should predict a rise in fighting. And if you're building a rogue deck, fighting should be an emphasis in a lot of your decks if you're trying to counter the largest share of the meta. Galarian's Aptos feet. Because if if I'm a player who net you know, if I was a net decker and I look at this tournament in Salt Lake and I go, man, you know, Arceus, Gengar, Jolt, those decks are great based on these points we see here. Uh-huh. And I start playing that as a result, we're going to see an even crazier rise in Gengar, Arceus, and Jolteon. And if we see those rise, that's our chance to pounce with the fighting decks, Mm -hmm. or at least with fighting techs. Right. So following that tournament that happened on uh, Saturday and Sunday, we have some limitless tournaments that happened afterwards. So these results were published. People saw what had kind of happened. And we had some larger tournaments taking place. A couple I'm going to talk about. Both had over 100. One had over 250. Yeah. And here we can start to see what happened at Salt Lake and how it's impacting the meta on limitless. Take a look at the Guard Gauntlet Season 1, number 6. Mm-hmm. Wow. Look what we see at the top here. Look at the meta share. Map Malamar. Malamar. Rapid Strike Malamar. This is top cut. You know, this is our top cut. Right. So what? Rapid Strike Malamar had three decks make the top cut. The highest percent of the meta share and the, of the performing decks was Malamar. Mm-hmm. So some people jumped on the Malamar train, and Malamar fucking is killing it in the top cut at the Guard Gauntlet. Yeah. So, very good performance making it in. Now, it didn't win the overall tournament, but it did make it in. But you see who won? Fucking Jolteon <laughs> and Arceus uh, Charizard actually end up going into the top. Wow, okay. But we see a Jolteon. One make top and Jolteon taking the win. So, we're seeing some things here like Jolteon, which had a really good performance in Salt Lake proportionally, but we're seeing that now make it into these top cuts following that tournament. Right, and that's people, you know, where they're seeing, ah, you know, like the Manfi play. Like Manfi, <clears throat> his existence, I think, has such a huge impact on the meta itself, right? Yeah. Because it's like, people are going to, like, it's like, Jolteon's doing well, I play Manaphy. Jolteon's slowing down, I don't play it. And so if you're going to mm-hmm. be a Jolteon player, you know, I honestly, like, 
Jolteon will be a good play. You know, even if people do play the Manfi, you know, like some people are banking on people not. I know this isn't a conversation about Manfi, so we'll keep it going back. Yeah. You know. We also see Urshifu and Teleon making that top cut in the guard gauntlet. Uh-huh. Back to the rapid strike is once again, like you said, if Manaphy's not getting played because people aren't playing Jolteon, mm. there's your chance to attack with rapid strike. And now you can hit that triple fighting weakness that we talked about with Arceus, Gengar, and potentially Jolteon. And you just really are fucking worried about Mew. And I mean, at this point, like... So, look how many counter decks are in this top cut here. Okay. We have a Lucario. <laughs> fucking Lucario. Make it up there. Making it up there, dude. Yeah. A pretty solid performance from Lucario throughout the day. That's a pretty awesome, awesome thing to see. Lucario uh, utilizes baby Moltres as well. Yeah. And who do we want to counter? The top three, Arceus, Gengar, Jolteon, and you. Mew. <laughs> Fucking baby Moltres, Lucario deck, making it into top cut, having a really solid 6-3-1 throughout the tournament leading up to the top cut. That's fucking rogue, man. That's fucking rogue. And that's, that is someone right there who looked at Salt Lake City and yep. said, it's time for a rogue fighting dark deck single prize deck mm-hmm. because they're not playing jolteon and they're not playing rapid strike based on this tournament so i'm gonna hit him with single prizers and i'm gonna fuck him over with both of their weaknesses yeah, fucking awesome finish with that awesome so yeah we're gonna move on and look at the, the bigger one that happened after the guard gauntlet mm-hmm. we continue with the late night number 31 yeah so late night here i have a couple things uh showing i have our top cut and then I also have uh, the overall metagame, okay. metagame, the top decks played here. Yeah. So once again, overall metagame, Mew is still on top, but less than 15% now. It's because people spent so much money on their Mew decks that yeah. they have no other choice but to play it. But, no, just, fi- but less it, than right? 15% is a big drop that I, we've I, seen in Mew. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. So who's this, moved what we're up? Seeing here, right. What we're seeing people play, they're just stuck with the card. They're stuck yeah. with the deck. Now, sec- <laughs> second most played deck in late night series, Rapid Strike Malamar. Damn. People are finding a renewed faith in Rapid Strike Malamar that it, it's getting played and mm-hmm. it's performing pretty well. Well, it, it's performing. It is performing well, but you got to look. It's at a 50%, just over 50% win right, percentage, right. which I mean... It's not not crazy, yeah. but you know, hey, it's it also makes top cut, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Third most played was Arceus Intellion at a little less than ten percent. We have Gengar making it in there, a little more than nine percent. Jolteon having a slight uptick at six point three percent, so a little more. And those Jolteons did pretty well at close to fifty three or fifty two percent roughly. And then a dark Intellion Arceus at five point nine percent. We lump these Arceus together. Arceus actually is pretty pretty high percent it's, it's pretty much the same as mew if we start lumping arceus and Teleon and dark arceus together yeah, things 50, like that but they are about oh shit almost yeah like it's about the same so so yeah. we are seeing a heavy amount of arceus so what's going to do well is going to be things again hitting for fighting in dark because in late night we had you know roughly 15 mew roughly mm-hmm. 15 doing some type of arceus that's 30 percent of your meta share gengar nearly 10 percent that puts you up to 40 percent of your meta share Jolteon 6.3, 46% of your meta share is coming up with a darker fighting weakness. Just have a quick glance here. And there's some other small ones sprinkled in. So I would say you're looking at roughly 50% of the meta share in late night series having a fighting or dark weakness yeah. this past week. So now let's look at the top cut here for late night. 
We actually have Mew taking a win. A couple Mews squeaking in. We have some Arceus. And then we start seeing some interesting stuff. We have a Dragapult. Yeah. That starts making, probably picking off those Malamars. This is a Dragapult player, clearly, who's seeing the uptick in Malamars and making a, a nice... Hitting those NKs. Rogue, they, yeah, yeah, a nice rogue medical to start fucking up those NKs right away. Very cool, uh, very cool play that he did. We also have Rapid Strike Urshifu again, making right. that top uh, seventh place NKs. overall. And probably fucking getting fucked up. up by Malamar as well. But. And then I want us to look at ninth place. What do we see? the hell is that sir fetched the okay. Moltres. Oh. fucking the fighting and the dark Man. so this is the this dude you know like no one played this deck yeah. but sir fetched Moltres, making it into ninth place out of over 250 players because he's preying on that fighting dark weakness a nice yeah. rogue deck that could squeak in the top because it was the right call to play. And you know, um, and before I forget this point, something that I find really interesting here is that we saw Gengar, or I guess Arceus Gengar. Regardless, we saw Gengar take, you know, Salt Lake City. Yeah. We look at the next following late night series, which is the the, the, the mm-hmm. largest, most competitive yep. online scene. Didn't he even make top 13 for, or just a screenshot? Yeah, what we took. see on my screenshot, we don't see top you know, this very yeah. top, any Gengar is making it. And we do over- have a Suicune Ludicolo. We do keep a Malamar, but we see a lot of counter decks yeah, to it. And making overall, it to the we top. We see Gengar winning just under 40% of its, almost 39% of its games. Yeah. That's how, like, it just, you know, and that's crazy. And that just goes to show that people will counter what performs well. Right. So again, like looking at this top 16, roughly, we see three Mews in here. Yeah. But Mew had 38 people play it. Yeah. That's not a huge amount actually making it to the top compared to things like these counter decks, these rogue decks like Surfetched Moltres, you know, Dragapult, even Rapid Strike being played in this tournament more as a counter deck to what we've seen being played. And the low count of Jolteon, but Jolteon's still doing very well. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you know, let them play in mass, Mew and Arceus, because people are predicting it. So, Moving forward, what I want to talk about now is what are some cards that we could be building with as rogue deck builders so that we can prey on this existing metagame because, you know, people are going to keep playing Arceus and Mew until we have another, and Gengar, until we have another regional where we get some other big data. Unless we see a shift at a new regional, people are just going to latch on to the thing that that won. They're going to latch on to these Mews because they bought the cards. They're going to play Gengar. They're going to play Arceus because they performed well at Salt Lake. So some fighting options. And as I talk about these cards, I want us to think about which of these fighting Pokemon can we pair with some of the dark Pokemon I talk about Mm -hmm. to make a cool little toolbox fighting dark deck. All right. Okay, so the first one here, looking at fighting, some clear ones that we've had access to. We got Zapdos V. We got Surfetched V. Mm -hmm. Rapid Strike Doug Trio is one. Yeah. It's a it's yeah. a dude, it's a fucking <clears throat> stage one Pokemon. Flip three coins, reach heads, do sixty. You get two of those heads, you're at one twenty. If you're putting a band on it, this is a stage one that hits three hundred weakness. Yeah, okay. Real easy. And I have it there because it takes one rapid strike energy to do the attack. Yeah, just a quick so attack in terms of a quick tech, you could throw this in. If you're playing a rapid strike deck, yeah. this could be a possible tech that doesn't cost you much in return. Mm-hmm. Baby Surf fetched. 
Meteor Assault, 180 for two colorless and a fighting, which means now you could use our double colorless energy, mm-hmm. one fighting energy. Oh, you could use twin energy, but yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Our double okay. colorless, our twin energy. Yeah. The double colorless twin energy is going to drop it. <clears throat> oh, you mean the regular twin? Yeah, yeah, you could use that as well. And what's cool about Baby Surf Fetched is you could always Rihan. Mm-hmm. Something gets knocked out. You play this. You could right hand to grab the fighting energy from your discard. Uh-huh. And then the search energy. for the special energy. Do your knockout. Yeah. This is a cool card that you could have on the bench if you can get it. The other one, Baby Surfetched Single Strike. With a tool card attached, it does 160 damage for one fighting and a colorless. And it can Gosh. utilize single strike energy. Uh-huh. So the attack is buffed when you have a tool. You attach that tool, you're fucking killing it. Yeah. And you're getting the bonus from the single strike. This is a real easy deck to set up in a single strike build. Yeah. Dark Pokemon. Oh, actually, skipping one over here. One important one. Stonejourner single strike. Yes, I've seen uh, actually Sword Thumb did kind of use this one as a tech for a little while. And actually, um, in his Gengar, and opt for another one we'll talk about after you elaborate on Stonejourner. But yeah, yeah. Stonejourner. We got a, a three energy attack, two fighting, one colorless. Does 120, but it's single strike. So as you get the bonus of those single strike energies, you can quickly get up to like 160 or more without even having to use a choice spell and then hit him for weakness at 320. A good one-shot basic Pokemon that if you play a single strike deck, this can fuck up every Arceus, every Gengar in mm-hmm. one card if you're playing single strike. At the moment... Single strike actually looks like a great option to counter the top meta. There's a lot of single strike toolbox options. Now next, dark Pokemon. We got Galarian Moltres V. We've had it. We know what it does. Hold on, hold on. We're going to talk about Hitmachan. Single strike Hitmachan real quick. And this is one that he, I saw, so he uses a tech. It's a basic single strike Pokemon. And for one fighting energy, it does 20 plus damage. If you're an active opponent's um, active Pokemon is Evolution Pokemon. This does 50 more damage, so it's 70 damage total. Multiply that times two, 40 if you have a choice band, you know, like you're hitting you're hitting high relevant numbers. Yeah, it's not this getting, does, the, yeah, it's it's not not getting high, that knockout though. But it is a basic, it is a basic tech yeah. for one energy. So I just had True. to throw that. Definitely in there. easier to throw in another single strike though. Yep. Fucking single strike yep. right now is giving you, and wait till I go over dark. Single strike is giving you so many options to counter. Will collaboratively counter, you know, what we see being played. Yeah. So, Dark, we got Galarian Moltres V, Galarian Baby Moltres. All you got to do is be playing some regular Dark Energy. Clara, mm-hmm. you can pull this shit off. Another interesting card, Garboder V Max, a dark colorless attack. That's it. 120 damage plus poison. If you're attaching your uh, tool card to it, yeah. this is 150 plus poison. Poison's 10, 150 times 2, 300, 310. That's Mew. For two energy. It also can have, has an ability that it gets to use multiple tools. So you can buff its HP to 300. It's already at, I think, 330. Uh You can get it up to 360 HP, I believe. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's 350. But either way, you're not knocking out that HP in one shot. And this guy can take out Muse in one shot. Yeah. Pretty cool thing. Baby Honchcrow. A double colorless attack hits Pokemon with special energy for 160 damage. Yeah, that choice belt. It's a stage one. You use your fucking special energy. You got it. Knocking them out. Morpeko single strike. 30 damage for each damage counter on the Morpeko. It only has 50 HP, but it's single strike. And you can load up 40 damage like nothing with Houndoom. Mm-hmm. Gets that to uh, 40 
That puts you at a 120 attack. Put on your choice belt. That 120 turns into 150. You're swinging for 300. Yeah. Pretty neat. Saviper Single Strike, who we talked about in the past. A basic single strike Pokemon that for two dark and one colorless does 90 plus 90 more if you played a single strike supporter. With, you know, so many single strike options, make a toolbox together, play Bruno, bring out Saviper, and you can quickly knock out any Mew for yeah. a, for an easy single prize Pokemon. And is the best Pokemon, too. And so. it is, right. Yeah. Next up, Baby Single Strike Urshifu. If you're playing a deck where you can utilize these Stage 1s, this is another one. Can accelerate it, hit it for some big 200 weakness. You're going to be hitting for 400. Yeah. Crazy card. And I named some of these Stage 1s on purpose because we have a Stage 1 Pokemon that allows us to take Stage 1 Pokemon out of our discard and use them as a discard toolbox. It happens to be a Dark Pokemon. It happens to be a Dark Pokemon. It's Zoroark. Uh Zoroark, we could always play a Zoroark deck and simply use these Stage 1 Single Strike Pokemon or Mm -hmm. Stage 1 Pokemon that utilize double colorless energies as a continuous toolbox from our discard. So... If we're playing against a Fighting Week deck, we grab Fighting Pokemon out of the discard. We're playing against Dark or Psychic, we grab Dark and continue that cycle. And with Ultra Ball, I mean, it's it's really easy now to just fucking to get them in there in the discard. Yeah, right. So we have lots of options right now, everybody. We have lots of options to fuck up fifty percent of the meta share if we build decks that are Fighting and Dark combined. And if people are not playing Heavy Snipe. Here's your chance for single prizers. Mm-hmm. You got time that you can let things get knocked out. Because if all you have to do is swing twice with a Sviper to win the Mew game, that's not hard to accomplish. Right. Right? It's absolutely not. So yeah, that's what we got for the MetaShare. I hope that was interesting to learn about the data and see how the game is shifting. And and what to do with the data, right? You know, not just to be a, a mindless mindless fellow and being like ah gengar won you know and then but you know really just taking a look and see how it actually did perform in relationship to how many people play it you say it all the time like you say like what if it's a lot of big numbers right yeah a lot of people play mew mew is gonna do well if a lot of people play fucking jolteon jolteon's more likely to do well so yeah based on this current data it looks like it would do better right I mean, it's fucking happened. Look at Malamar. Look at Suicune. That's the one we should be talking about. Fucking Suicune, man. You think so, Suicune? Dude, Suicune had like the highest proportional average. You know, it's crazy. You know, we talked about it, and I think other people have talked about it, that we were expecting to see like a dog a dog deck pretty much. You know, the Suicune, Entei, and yeah. Raikou. But it's just not really relevant at the point to do that, to utilize that. So, yeah. But... Well, awesome. I think it's time for some quick rogue radar you bored now all this talk of numbers boring you hey this is a fucking nasty meta talk right here let's, let's <laughs> this stuff. is anti-meta we're trying to fuck the meta mm-hmm. all right all right all right okay let's, let's, let's get it Speaking of fucking the meta, we got two new cards here that could definitely fuck the meta. Oh, really? Okay. Let's yeah, yeah, here. man. We got two guys who work what together. What the hell? But real quick, before we talk about it, I want to, this thing has fucking requires five colorless energy. 
What what the fuck? All right, what you got? What you brewing <laughs> up, man? Okay. Four attack. Four attack. Five colorless energy. These are two basic Pokemon we're going to talk about. Reggie Giga. Reggie Gigas. Reggie Gigas. Yeah, I was say. Well, Reg- we'll have to ask Glenn from Belgium. Right? Reggie Gigas. Yeah, let the Belgium guy tell us how to pronounce things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Reggie Rock. Okay. Reggie Gigas has an ability, ancient knowledge. If you have Reggie Rock. Regis, Registeel, Regilecki, and Regirio in play. Once during your turn, you may attach up to three energy from your discard to one of your Pokemon. So yes, he attacks big. You just put these guys out. That's it, though. You put it up, and you attach three energy from your discard. You can do this, you know, every turn. If you have five different Pokemon. Yeah, that's your bench. You're just playing them. You're just going to play them on your I bench. Don't, I don't think Reggie... Drago, I think that's a stage one. Huh? I think Reggie Drago is a stage one Pokemon. All these I saw said said basics, man. Maybe Either I'm wrong. Reggie Drago? I don't know. Okay. But dude, okay. let me oh, just I, go I, over I, it yeah. again. This is a single prize. Yeah. All we need to do is attack twice and we win the game. Okay. That's it. That's that's the big goal here. All right. All right. It's fine. once during your turn. It doesn't say that the ability can only be played once either. I know. I know. Okay. So you could be two of this guy out. Okay. Right? There could be two of these fuckers. Right. No, okay. Why not? Reggie Reggie Gigas? You have Reggie Gigas one and then Reggie Rock one, Ice two, Steel three, Regilecki. Four. Oh, okay. You could only there's only a six Pokemon in play. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Unless you have a fucking turn it to V Max out, okay? <laughs> no, no, we can't have a turn it to V Max. Okay, okay, so fucking you know, okay. You can we can only turn. have one. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter it that doesn't we only matter. have one. You can only use it once per turn because you can only have one. We only need unless it. you scoop it up and put it back down. Okay, listen. We only need it. You okay. only need it once. But that is a valid point. We could yeah. scoop it up. So, you're going to grab three energy, right? Mm-hmm. This attack costs five colorless. That's already three of your five. Okay. And then it says, if the opponent's active as a VMAX, it does 150 more. 150 plus 150. Okay. 300. Your last two energy, right, is uh-huh. going to be a, a turbo energy. Yeah. That's going to drop you down to 280. Then you're going to put on a choice belt. <laughs> choice what? belt. No, you don't need trouble. You do twin energy. What? You would use twin, twin energy. Twin energy requires an evolution. Doesn't no, it? No, it just requires it's not a V. Oh, well, okay, fuck. Then we do that. Dude, this is even better. Though. Okay. This is even <laughs> okay, better. Okay. I was planning for the worst. Okay. Okay, so in that perfect world you're talking about, we're using twin energy <laughs> and we can put turbo. We can put both of them in our deck. All right, fucking go we'll for it. We'll do fucking both of them. Go for it. Bro. Okay. Go for it, big shoot. We're going to hit them for 300 damage. If we have a choice belt on it, we hit them for 330. Okay. If we don't have a choice belt. We're hitting them for 300. Yeah. That's some big numbers, dude. And you can literally do this ability every turn. Yes. So you could just, how many turns you got to do it? Twice. Mm-hmm. You win the game. That's it. Okay. okay. So then we got this other dude. We got Regirock. Okay. Because fighting's fucking awesome right now. Okay. Fighting. We have this double fighting uh, colorless attack. Uh-huh. Pokemon can't use the attack during the next turn, but it's just a 140. Yep. 140 times two. Mm-hmm. 280. Yep. That's fucking Arceus V-Star. All right. That one's only three energy. I think... This is your weakness shit? This is your Regigigas to take out the Mews? Regigigas can one-shot Mew. Mm-hmm. Regirock can one-shot Arceus. Yeah. What else do you want, man? When's this card come out? They come out in the next set. Which is? Fucking uh, end of May, I think. It's two months from now. Two months. I'm sorry, man. I got to tell you, man. You're <laughs> fucking off your rocker here, man. This is... 
this is a deck. This is, but you know how many times, and listeners, you know how many times I've heard Nick bitch about? He hates it when Pokemon fucking spoon feeds a mechanic. He hates Mew because Pokemon gave it to him. He just hates it. Like, he loathes it, yeah. pisses him off, doesn't like Mad Party for that sense. It just it infuriates him. He I really, don't complain about Mad Party. Hold up. Hold up. You you complain about the concept. When okay, you, okay, when okay, you okay. Don't, you don't like Eternatus. You didn't like Eternatus for the reason because you feel like Pokemon. You think this is spoon-fed just because it says you have to put them all in play? That's not spoon-fed. That makes your life more difficult. No, it is spoon-fed for this reason because literally it's just a themed little gimmick that Pokemon is giving us. Gimmicks are fun. Gimmicks are fun. You need some fun decks. Would this be a, so would this be a meme deck or would this be a rogue deck? Really it's depends. It hits, no, it does not depend. It does depend. <laughs> does it depend on what the other Pokemon do, I guess? Did you even look at what the fucking... Reg- yeah, th- those aren't as good because they're not relevant weaknesses. It does matter just in the sense that you can win the game in two attacks. Usually with these meme decks, we don't have the ability to just like Nick, 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 attack Nick, 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 twice. No, 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 no. But what else is there now? It's not just Vmaxes, baby. There's Vs and there's V stars. If you're playing against Defecus, what this bad boy's doing, he's doing 180 damage. Or in your fucked up world, when only a double fucking uh, turbo energy exists, this bad boy is only going to be hidden for 160 damage because you don't know that the twin energy is. But they got to do it over and over again. I mean, they got to keep it. knocking you out six times they're all basics okay that's great what if they fucking they knock out two of your shit you gotta find two of them you're fucked like what if you play a bunch of them you You play play a bunch of them okay (laughs) how many how big are decks in your fucked up world you got fucking 80 card decks you gotta play four copies of six different pokemon no dude you're gonna play like 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 a a three a three of the main ones and Uh, then like two of the others no and you're going to find them all with, like, fucking battle VIP pass. What and if they play... What's the new... The Collapse There's stadium? so many different what if, balls. What if they play Collapse Stadium? Or what if they fucking play... Um, what's what's the stadium? What's the a supporter that discards you down where you're only 300 bench? Avery. What if they play Avery and knock you out? How many Pokemon will you have them play at that point? Then we're going to use Rescue Stretcher. You're going to use Rescue Stretcher. Or the carrier. Rescue cart carrier thing. No, I think that is a cap... You're going to play Ordinary Rod because the, unless these things have less than fucking 90 HP or whatever it is, <laughs> you're going to play Clara now too? <laughs> no, I'm telling you, Nick, this is, I'm glad you brought it up. This is, this has been an episode of yeah, the Yeah, Rescue Carrier is a 90 HP. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Dude, uh, it doesn't matter. It's fun, man. It's this fun. Is a meme, you need this to have some fun. Radar. We got to tell the listeners the difference between a rogue deck and a meme deck. And I'm sorry to be mean. I'm sorry to be a dick about this. But what is a meme deck? A meme deck has to have a kitcheny uh, mechanic. Okay, which you've got This here. is a kitcheny mechanic, but it hits relevant weaknesses in high numbers. It can hit over 300, and it can hit fighting weakness. Anyway, it's everyone. This has Oh, been- yeah, Regirock isn't just one, a, a 280, because it's going to play the choice belt, which puts it to 340. What the fuck are you... Regirock is 140, but I wasn't even including the choice belt, which brings it up to 170, and then weakness is 340 fighting weakness. Regirock one-shots every single fighting weak Pokemon... For just three energy, which you can accelerate every turn with Reggie Gigas. Just keep talking. Just keep talking. That's it, man. That's it. All right, listeners. I really <laughs> want to thank you for joining us on this special <laughs> segment called the Meme Radar. <laughs> just you wait, dude. They're going to come out. I'm no. calling it in like, in like four months. Okay. This is going to be a day. And four? No. This will never be a day. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry to do this to you. And... 
If they were evolutions, I'd be like, yeah, that kind of sucks. But this is fucking basic. So, someone's got to tell you when you're wrong. <laughs> I I know who will. Glenn from Belgium will tell me that I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, fuck. Hopefully he's a, a man of taste and can understand a good uh, a good single prize. Game. Do these even have like cool? I guess they do have like fucking cool attack names. You get to say Gigantico Break. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Giganto break, break for not Giganto Break. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Ancient knowledge ability. This mm-hmm. Regigate. I thought it said Regurgitate at first. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. But anyway. But anyways, you heard it here first. This is a solid deck, not a meme deck. And you heard it here last. When uh, when this deck wins a, a tournament in the summer, just uh-huh. you wait, Austin. Just you wait. I will. We will be separated. I will drive <laughs> 300 miles. You will drive 300 miles. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you I told you show. So you to spank. your face. I'll let you spank me. You hear that, everybody? Yeah, we'll promptly get. If my I tongue. can make this deck work, no, no, no. <laughs> I have to make it work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it work. I'm gonna win something, In or at least top cut something no. ra- valid. No, well, well how, how big does it have to be? 100 plus people. 100 plus people. Uh-huh. If I can top cut or with Regigigas Regirock meme deck, mm-hmm. if I can top cut with it, yes, Austin is gonna get spanked. I will drive to you, and I will let you spank me. I'm not using my hand. I'm going to use a, a switch. Do I get to pick it? <laughs> yes. You get to go outside and pick a switch off the bush, uh-huh. off the bushes out there and yep. the, or a tree, mm-hmm. and then you're going to get spanked. And then I'm going to get in my car and drive <laughs> all the way back. It's going to be filmed live on the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, we've come to the end. But before we move on, though, let's not forget, though. Oh, yeah. We need people to fucking leave reviews. No one has. No one has, and we're doing a contest, and you win a pack yep. for each review that's left, and we pick the funniest review, but you need to leave a fucking funny review, and we only got one week till we pick them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, fuck, at this point, if you enter it, you're going to get fucking free packs. Yeah, maybe we'll just throw in some extra packs. Dude, be that guy who gets the fucking review and gets the packs. Yeah. Just tell us a funny review. Mm-hmm. Criticize Austin's beard. Criticize my beard. Criticize... This fucking meme deck that Austin doesn't believe in. Mm. Tell me who who stole my idea for Gardevoir VMAX. Yeah, do a little sleuthing and say that Austin was so excited about his original idea only to find out that so-and-so stole his deck. I'm actually starting to get furious about it again. Let's move it to outro, please. Okay. If you made it to the end of this podcast, we greatly appreciate you. Please take a second, give us that five-star review, and follow us on your podcast platform. Pokey Rogue wants to hear from you and build a community together. Reach out to us with your thoughts about Rogue decks, misplays, and how to avoid being a dick when playing Pokemon. Let's keep this conversation going. You can find us on Facebook at Pokey-Rogue-TCG or email us directly at PokeyRogueTCG23 at gmail.com or at PokeyRogueTCG on the Instagram and, of course, the Discord. It's a magical place. Where you can watch Austin getting spanked four months from now by a switch he handpicked. <laughs> oh. It's pretty fun. This actually now there's always usually some kind of game going on there at that point, so you can always hop on. Right now as we're talking, Jack from Australia, or suppose we mentioned, has been bitten by a spider, so he is he's at home, not at work, and so he's in the lounge by himself. 
Yeah. He's just sitting in the lounge. <laughs> He's actually in the lounge, just hoping someone joins him. Yep, with a spider bite. He got bit in the face by a spider. Was it a spinner rack? We'll have to ask him. Did it, did it force him to gust? Then we'll know. If he got bit by the spider and he had to gust his bench. You know what? Real quick, let's do a little bonus segment. We, we still haven't heard from someone else that we're trying to record with. Let's get off here. Let's join. Let's have him. Let's ask him. Let's ask him real quick. We're going to give someone a bonus segment. All right, see you guys. Stick around for Jack from Australia. Okay, everybody, with us we have Jack from or Jack, right? Yeah, Ra- Jack. Jack. Yeah, why is it Rack though? I'm always messing this name He's up. He's got too many aliens. He's got too many names. Jack from Australia, who was just bitten by a spider and survived. And we were we were wondering, was it a spinner rack? Nah. Was well, it an area honestly, dose? It could have been. Dose? I don't know. Um, as you guys have probably heard, Australia's got some gnarly spiders. So yeah, could have been anything. I mean, I'm still here. So, I mean, it mustn't have been that poisonous. Yeah, maybe, well, maybe we're just made of uh, sterner stuff in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just throwing the shade, throwing shade right now. Just because we only have a few deadly spiders in the United States. Just a few. <laughs> well, anyway, Jack, the reason why this came up is, and I hate to say it, man, we were kind of making fun of you a little bit. We were talking about the Discord, and we're like, yeah, there's usually always someone on, especially, I mean, Jack. Jack's sitting there by himself in the, <laughs> in the voice channel. So that's how it came up, and we just wanted to, to bring you on, and, you know, we are glad that your spider bite is doing well. Are you off work again today? I guess this is Friday for you. Yeah, I am. I took uh, Friday off because I had a horrible headache last night, uh-huh. and I woke up this morning. I was like, I just can't go into work today, so... That was, the headache was from the spider bite? I think so, yeah. Is this like yeah. a normal reason people miss work in Australia for poisonous spider bites? Yeah, you know, like that, getting kicked by kangaroos and, you know, all that kind of Australian stuff. Yeah. Have you ever missed work because <laughs> you were bitten by a dingo? Uh, no, the dingoes have only stolen babies. So, yeah. Yeah. What about as a result of bereavement for the lost baby? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's acceptable to take that off work as well yeah <laughs> all right well this is pokemon podcast this is we're gonna keep it short but real quick what are you doing in pokemon right now what are you what are you playing i'm playing some mimikyu man playing some mimikyu mimikyu v max all right guys you heard it there this is the outro so we do got to keep it short but jack from australia thank you for joining us with this impromptu call and we are we are we are so glad that you have survived this spider bite <laughs> and sorry for making <laughs> Thanks, fun guys. of you Sorry for making no, fun no. of you for making the Discord lively. We uh, it he was be the just same he bad. wanted to be a friendly face already in the lounge waiting for someone to hop on. Uh huh. Well, you know, I'm and, always hanging around. And we can't do it in his. He can't do it in his Discord that has significantly more members than us. <laughs> all of his friends are at work right now, so he's like, I'm gonna hang out with the Americans. <laughs> so, but guys, if you're new on the on the Discord and I'm hanging out, you're always free to jump in and have a chat with me, play some games. There you go. Awesome, man. All right. Well, thank you, dude, for <laughs> for jumping on. No worries. Later. See ya. <laughs>